I'm Shelley Schlender. This is How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show. Today is Tuesday, January 12, 2021. Coming up, we speak with Gordon Lithgow, senior author of last year's most popular non-COVID science magazine report. Lithgow's research documents how a bodybuilding supplement increased the health span in mice and what it might mean for people. If you just alert the cells of the tissues to thinking that they're in a stress situation, they gear up to be in a, you know, ready for the fight, if you like. And in doing so, you've got all these beneficial molecular and cellular effects. We'll speak with Gordon Lithgow of California's Buck Institute on Aging in another minute or so. But first, some background. So scared of getting older, I'm only good at being young. So I play the numbers game to find a way to say that life has just begun. Most people want to live a long health span, meaning they hope to stay fit, pain-free, and youthful-looking up until their final days. Many people don't get that wish. As they grow older, they have more chronic diseases of aging. Cancer, diabetes, heart disease, arthritis, dementia. Sometimes these illnesses last for years at great cost to a person's quality of life and also to our healthcare system. But what if you could increase not necessarily your lifespan, but your health span? The desire to live a longer health span might be why the most popular non-COVID story in Science Magazine last year involved a supplement used by bodybuilders to enhance performance. The supplement is a molecule called alpha-ketoglutarate, AKG. Animals produce AKG naturally. AKG levels tend to drop as an animal ages. Scientists have known for years that AKG supplements extend the life of a tiny worm called C. elegans. But what about more complex animals with longer lifespans? That's where the breakthrough comes in. This year, California's world-renowned Buck Institute on Aging took middle-aged mice and fed them a lot of AKG. This AKG supplement only extended the lives in female mice. But for both males and female mice, the supplement increased their health span. They had shinier coats. They were better able to maintain muscle mass as they got older. They had improved gait and grip strength less curvature of the spine, fewer tumors, and better eye health. What does this mean for the science of aging? And what might you do to increase your own health span? Up next, we talk with the senior author of this research about AKG and health span. Gordon Lithgow began his career in Boulder, where he was a big fan of KGNU radio, and he was a scientist. At CU Boulder, Lithgow worked with Tom Johnson, who pioneered the field of aging research, along with studies about how to reduce the diseases of aging. Today, Lithgow is with California's world-renowned Buck Institute on Aging. Here's what Gordon Lithgow says about the study of alpha-ketoglutarate in mice and health span. When you have something coming from a top science labs suggesting that there could be effects here, and it happens to be something that you can buy from Amazon, then sure, it gets lots of attention. Yeah, it does get lots of attention. Everybody wants to live a good long life, but especially they want to live a healthy life, which makes your data about the mice that just by taking a 2% of their chow as the supplement had glossier coats, straighter tails, had better grip strength, less sniffly noses, brighter eyes 
Who wouldn't want to have a glossier coat and brighter eyes? Yeah, and actually going back to the 90s when I was working with Tom and Boulder, um, I don't think we ever really imagined a day where we're seeing quite what we're seeing now. We knew with the, the tiny worms at that time that we could extend lifespan for sure. And it looked like the worms were healthier. And that was kind of brought out also in, in mice that were under sort of caloric restriction where you reduce the number of calories they eat. They also looked healthier. The thing that's, I think, unique about this study, it's really about health span. It's really about avoiding the onset of Alzheimer's and diabetes and cancer and so on. Hopefully you can actually reduce the period at the end of life where you're sick. Yeah, we all want to live a healthy life. And we know this is possible, right? We know of people who live to 100, live to 106, 108. They're on a six foot ladder doing their gardening. And then a few weeks later, you've heard that they've passed. It's possible that you can have a healthy life all the way up to a very short period of illness. That's what I think everybody wants. There have been other drugs and other methods that people have looked at that seem to imply that you could do this, such as a calorie-restricted diet. Also, if you're the Buck Institute, you also have looked at low-carb diets. You're nodding your head, but my listeners can't. Oh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, actually, there's a lot of researchers at the Buck are interested in the effects of nutrition. You know, for all we're talking about drugs and supplements, the two things that are most important for aging today are exercise and nutrition. The effects of nutrition are astonishing, as are the effects of exercise. So a couple of aspects of nutrition, one that is being studied at the Buck is the idea that we really shouldn't be eating all day. If you have somewhere between 14 and 16 hours of not taking in calories, you move into a ketogenic metabolism that burns fat and appears to be healthy in surprising ways and, and slows down normal aging. So you talk about a ketogenic diet, that's where either the body is consuming its own fat stores or somebody is eating foods that have more fat than carbohydrates so that their bodies are accustomed to burning fat, not sugar. Correct. And I do feel like there's a wave of hard science coming through this field now. You're seeing the data, animals that are being fed ketogenic bodies or on ketogenic diets, and you see the protective effects on aging and disease. And I think, wow. And I'll, I'll tell you this, I would say that something like a third to a half of all the scientists at the Buck Institute are doing some sort of time-restricted feeding regime right now. The scientists believe it. It's pretty impressive. Yes, it's pretty impressive. And you're talking about why your study is impressive too. Is it fairly unique to do a study where you're looking at the health span of mice? Or is this a common thing to do now? It's becoming more common because that's what we're most interested in, right? To say that a mouse lives in a cage 15 or 20% longer is one thing, but to say that they're actually healthier, avoiding disease for longer throughout life, that's a much bigger deal. So talking about health span was not what made your study unique and a little bit mind-blowing for people reading it. It may have been just that people thought it was so cool that they could take a bodybuilding supplement and it might make their coats glossier and their tails a little straighter and their eyes a little shinier. It could be that. But there's also some science that Tom Johnson was telling me he finds intriguing. Your AKG seems to be reducing the metabolic process in the cell's little powerhouses, the mitochondria. AKG does a lot of things, actually. And AKG is a natural metabolite. It's something we make as part of our normal way to process food into energy. So it's there in us anyway, in all our cells. There's plenty of substances in the body that if we take too much of it, we're going to kill ourselves. Oh, for sure. And an AKG may not be an exception to that. However, what happens during normal aging in humans is that the levels of AKG, at least in our plasma, drops by about tenfold. So you've got something that's high in early life and then drops. Possibly what we're really doing is restoring the levels up to normality rather than 
you know, over supplementation, as you say, I mean, I think going to a health food store and loading up on everything that's there is almost certainly not a good thing at all, including AKG, but restoring levels to a youthful state is probably beneficial. A woman who has gone through menopause, who takes estrogen to have a shinier coat and eyes, etc., increases her risk of cancer. Do you know whether AKG is just wearing out in bodies or whether there might be some protective effect of letting it drop? That's an extremely good question. And that's the general story is that are you looking at something that's truly detrimental, an acceleration of aging, acceleration of disease, or are you looking at something that the body is bringing in to protect itself, essentially? You really don't know until you do the experiment. And I think with AKG, at least in mice, we're seeing that storing the levels is, is beneficial. On the study that you did, the way that this seemed to work was to reduce the metabolism of the mitochondria, the little powerhouses. Did that intrigue you? Yeah, and actually, I I don't know if we've really got that evidence nailed down that this is actually a reduction in metabolism in mitochondria. The AKG is involved in so many biological processes it's involved in cancer biology, inflammation, so many things. I mean, we were fortunate to be able to see some changes in inflammation, see suppression of inflammation. That's not cause and effect. That's just, uh, you know, it's something that we're observing at this point. It's going to take a lot more work to understand whether this is working through mitochondria or other processes. There are some theories that one of the biggest drivers of inflammation in the body is mitochondria that are very abundant within a cell but they're just slacking off or they're sick Mm. so that instead of creating energy for the body from what is given to them, they suck in nutrients, they suck in supplies, and then they're like a bad car engine. They just spew out a lot of pollution. And when they do that, that increases the amount of background inflammation in the body everywhere. Yeah. You're nodding your head. Yeah. No, one of the, one of the oldest ideas about aging is that it's caused by these radical oxygen radicals or free radicals, you know, this is where the idea that antioxidants could be beneficial during aging comes from. That's a very murky area, to be honest. Now, we, we do know that mitochondria produce oxygen radicals. We do know that oxygen radicals can cause damage in cells. And we do know that that leads to inflammation. What we don't know is, is the connection between that process and aging. We do know that if you get rid of too many oxidants, that can be bad for a body too. Exactly, because oxidants are also involved in in cell signaling and organelles, components of cells talking to each other through the generation of these oxygen radicals. You're probably aware of the sort of large human studies of things like vitamin E, which you would expect as an antioxidant would be beneficial. But actually, in some cases, it it could be detrimental. It may do more harm than good. It may do more harm than good. So we we don't have a clear picture. And one of the clearest pictures of benefits in terms of of vitamins and supplements is is vitamin d and there again the picture is very murky you know we know that high levels of vitamin d are dangerous they they elevate heart disease risk and so on but we certainly know that deficiency is very much associated with elevated risk of cancers cardiovascular disease diabetes and neurological disease it looks as if vitamin D deficiency may be an accelerated aging thing, but that doesn't mean that you're going out there and taking large amounts of vitamin D because definitely there's dangers to that as well. You're tuned to How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show. I'm Shelley Schlender. We're speaking with Gordon Lithgow. 
He's a former researcher at CU Boulder who's now a scientist at California's Buck Institute for Research on Aging. Lithgow's also the senior author of the most popular non-COVID research in Science Magazine last year. It involves a bodybuilding supplement known as alpha-ketoglutarate, AKG, and how it improved the health span in mice. Getting back to the mitochondria, there is one theory that one way that you can help the body with intermittent fasting, with doing things to reduce a little bit of the food that's getting into the cells, is that then the cells go, oh my gosh, we just have to really tighten our belts. Yeah. In cells, that's called, let's tell the mitochondria that are not working very well to commit suicide, go through something called mitophagy and give up what they've been using and let us use those parts for something else. And one theory is that when that happens, then the remaining mitochondria go, oh my gosh, there's more food, let's multiply. Mm -hmm. And so then you end up with mitochondria that are healthy and they're not making as many free radicals because they've been, the whole system has been stressed and only the healthiest ones survived and then they multiply. And this is fascinating, right? You deprive the cells and the tissues of nutrients and suddenly they become healthier. You know, there's this idea of hormesis in biology. That sounds like tinned lunch meat or something. No, that's Hormel. Okay, so hormesis. So what is hormesis? Hormesis is, is just what your grandmother told you, that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. If you can just stress the system a little bit, you turn on all these processes. They're turning over the mitochondria. They're turning over damaged proteins. They're repairing DNA. They're repairing membranes. If you just alert the cells of the tissues to thinking that they're in a stress situation, they gear up to being you know, ready for the fight, if you like. And in doing so, you got all these beneficial molecular and cellular effects. Hermesis was kind of rediscovered back in the 90s in Tom Johnson's lab in Colorado, where we showed that small amounts of heat stress which would normally be very harmful to these tiny nematode worms that we worked on. Small amounts of heat stress extended lifespan and strengthened the animals in all sorts of different ways. And of course, if, if it's a long stress, if it's a chronic stress, then it's, it's detrimental, it's damaging. You know, if you exercised all the time, we'd probably be quite you know, detrimental. Short amounts of exercise stress turn on all these beneficial effects. The idea is that the chronic stress is damaging. But short periods of stress, which we all need in our lives, short periods of stress actually are beneficial. My grandmother never said hormesis to me. No. She never. But now I know that <laughs> it means that that which does not kill you will make you stronger. Yeah. And we can add if it doesn't last too long. That's right. Is there any chance that AKG helps give feedback to the cell to say, okay, this is the time period to tamp down a little bit on what you're doing? and do more housekeeping. To be honest, we really don't, there's so much work to be done and to really understand what it's doing because it's involved in so many biological processes. And you're looking at it partly because, at least I hope you're looking at it to say, well, let me just go ahead and ask you, are you taking this right now? I am not taking this right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got some that I got off of Amazon. You're not taking it right now, but what if I did? What would happen? Would, would I actually get glossier hair and brighter eyes? Or would it slow down how long it takes me to get dull hair and really squinty eyes? <laughs> I wish I knew. And, you know, to be honest, that there are companies out there that are beginning human clinical trials. The only way we answer these questions is double-blind clinical trials. I mean, this is the, the gold standard for any drug or any supplement anyone wants to make claims about. Hopefully, at some point, we'll find out if that's the case. But you're not taking it. I'm not taking it. I'll tell you, the, the first author on the paper, an incredibly talented scientist, Azar, from Tehran, she took it for a while, and she, 
she thought she thought she felt great on it. It's possibly a really neat thing. The AKG supposedly doesn't have side effects. Mm -hmm. There's something called senescence, mm -hmm. which you know a lot more than I do about. But it basically says that you can only divide so many times, and then the cell says, "That's it, I'm done." If one way that this worked was to eliminate the poor performing mitochondria more aggressively, is there some risk that at some point in time the cell would run out of mitochondria? Mm -hmm. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, the, the dynamics during aging are really confusing. Like cellular senescence is amazing, right? Because it's a mechanism that actually prevents cancer early in life. That's the good thing. That's a great thing. And the, and the reason it's there is, is for that precise reason is that if a cell becomes damaged, if there's DNA damage, which makes it more likely to become cancerous, then this is a mechanism to stop it from dividing. And of course, a cancer is a runaway division of cells. So that's great. And then in late life, these senescent cells accumulate and they start to spew out all these inflammatory factors that actually make the tissue more cancerous. This seems to be true for a lot of aging things that you can see benefits for them early and then detriments for them late in life. And so getting back to your mitochondrial dynamics, if you like, you know, things that are beneficial for turning over mitochondria in early life may be detrimental in late life. Now, here's the problem. We don't understand why. <laughs> Multiple biotechnology companies are based on the idea that if you eliminate senescent cells in late life, that's a good thing. But you always have to look for the downsides. Why are they becoming senescent? Well, it prevents cancer in the first place. And what happens when you get rid of a senescent cell? Is it actually functioning even as a senescent cell? Are you taking something away? So... You know, we, we've made it incredible strides in, in aging over the last 20 years. I mean, I can't believe how much progress we've gone from no textbooks to libraries worth of information on aging and aging mechanisms. A lot of it's still a profound mystery. Well, I guess the basic question I was asking is, should I start taking a bunch of these supplements that I got from Amazon that have AKG in them? And you don't do that. And also, uh, I'm a PhD, not an MD, so I never give health advice. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to your physician. I, I know that you're saying the normal stuff that you have to say, but we're just talking like two people who met on the street, just wondering, you know, hey, did you take this supplement? Oh, did I? This is a bodybuilding supplement that supposedly doesn't have any side effects. Yeah. And there might be some unintended consequences. Absolutely. Because aging is this sort of yin and yang of beneficial and detrimental at different ages, I think that's always going to be the case that you, you could be interfering with a process that's important, even though there's beneficial effects in mice. I will say something, you know, we do thousands of experiments in worms because they're short lived. They only live a month. Uh, they're tiny. We can do thousands. You know, high school students can come in and do 100 experiments over the summer. We can't do that in mice. Nothing like it. So you had the funds to do this one piece of research. Yeah. Taking that forward into humans. You know how expensive human clinical trials are. They're much more expensive than the mouse studies. Now, how many concentrations do you use? Now, how many feeding regimes do you try out? You're extremely limited in what you can actually look at in humans. Yeah. And uh, one of the reasons that I, I'm not necessarily taking it right now, although I do think it would be harmless, is I'd love to see some data. You know, I'd love to see some hard data coming out of clinical trials that should emerge over the next year or so. If I see beneficial effects in that sort of blind clinical trial, yeah, I'm, I'll sign up for it. I'm not hearing you say, start taking this. You're more saying, don't try this at home yet. I really am. I mean, I really, I really mean talk to your physician about this and get their opinion on things. And, and, and have, a, have a look at, you know, the, the various companies that are selling this stuff and ask yourself, are these trustworthy companies based on real science? 
or what are the claims that are being made? And this goes to any nutritional supplement. Well, and it's, it's true, like growth hormone and steroids were considered to be wonder drugs in their time because they made people have muscles and bright eyes and glossy yeah. hair. The, the Olympics doesn't let you do that anymore because they found out over time that this was really harming people's health. Well, the, the growth hormone story is amazing, right? Because this was seen as something very positive for aging to build up muscle in, in the elderly. And then when, when Tom Johnson's work evolved into studying aging pathways, one of the first pathways that caused aging was growth hormone. That caused aging, even though in the short term, it made people look shinier and younger and musclier. Yeah, they probably had more muscle mass and it may have been partly due to the growth hormone. But if you look over the course of a lifespan, and if you're a young person and you go online and you find these 20,000 websites trying to sell you growth hormone, be aware that the science literature says that the growth hormone is something that would accelerate aging. It basically will burn out your body. Yeah. It burns it out. And so we don't know that about AKG yet, really. No, I don't, I don't think we do. I mean, I'm super excited at what we've seen. And that gives me great hope, especially this idea of, of compressing morbidity, of shortening the period of sickness. Never necessarily thought we would see that. And, and that gets me excited and want, you know, gets me talking to you. I want to tell people that this is happening in the laboratories and that there's, there may be something there. It's very, very different, though, to go out and say to someone, uh, you should really be you know, going out and buying this stuff and taking it. And I would, I would never do that, actually. So you're more interested in what are the mysteries that this helps you look at more closely to say, how does the body work in all kinds of ways? That's right. But also, hopefully, inspiring people who are thinking about clinical research, you know, metabolism changes with age and AKG falls down with age. People who are thinking about those ideas, hopefully look at our mouse studies and say, oh, maybe that's a bad thing that that's happening. You could potentially be looking at centenarians and asking, does AKG levels change in centenarians at the same rate as other people? That, those aren't the questions that I would be asking. But if you can inspire other scientists to ask those questions in, in people, then that, that, that makes me excited. We're at an inflection point with aging, potentially a revolution in biomedicine. And the reason is that we really, to this day, are, are treating individual diseases, mainly symptoms, if you think about chronic disease in late life. We tend not to be looking at causes. I mean, even COVID-19, the worst aspects of COVID-19 display themselves in the elderly. Now, how many scientists around the world are actually thinking about age as a causal factor in COVID-19? That's a good point, because not only is COVID more likely in the elderly, but it's in people who have symptoms of accelerated aging. Right. Even if they're younger, they have the kinds of diseases that show up more often in somebody who's older. They're more prone to being really hurt if they get a COVID-19 infection. Right. And in, in the avalanche of data that's come out on COVID-19 in the last year, there's one particular paper stood out in Nature that said the viral proteins interact, they, you know, they, they interact, they bind to a whole bunch of different proteins in the human cell in order to replicate and, and go on and infect. Many of the proteins, you know, we looked at that list, they're involved in aging. They're aging pathways, including things like mitophagy and autophagy that you mentioned earlier. So the interaction between COVID-19 and aging, just not that people are frail necessarily, there actually is a connection between the aging mechanisms and the worst aspects of COVID-19. I'm not talking about infection rates here. I'm talking about those terrible symptoms that happen late in life for the elderly. I would generalize that to all the chronic diseases of aging. We're now at a point where we can, in the laboratory, pull off these success stories of extending lifespan, extending health span, of reducing the period of sickness. 
it's not just about trying to reduce the symptoms of Parkinson's disease or arthritis. It's about trying to get at the root cause of all of them and postpone all of them. That would be so exciting. And I hear you say that there's a lot of markers for when aging is happening, you know, inflammatory markers, proteins that say, gosh, there's a lot of inflammation here. Yeah. It sounds to me like you are envisioning a panel of proteins to look at that includes AKG to see if when a body is healthier, it has more AKG. That would be interesting to see. That would be really interesting. And you know, lots of our colleagues are developing measures of aging right now, looking at proteins, looking at changes to DNA and chromosomes, trying to assess what can you measure in someone over the period of three months, say, like a clinical trial period. Can you actually measure something in three months that tells you whether your intervention or diet or drug or exercise is really having an effect? That's big business right now. I do hope that somebody takes people who are 100 years old and are healthy and says, let me get a little bit of your blood. I want to see how much AKG is in your blood. (laughs) That'd be cool. That's Gordon Lithgow. Lithgow started his career at CU Boulder, working with aging research pioneer Tom Johnson. Lithgow is now with California's world-renowned Buck Institute for Research on Aging. Lithgow is also the senior author of the most popular non-COVID research in Science Magazine last year. It involves the bodybuilding supplement alpha-ketoglutarate, how it improved the health span in mice, and how by studying AKG as a marker for health span, we might find a new way to measure what helps people stay younger, longer. That's all for this edition of How on Earth. Our executive producer is Beth Bennett. This week's show was produced by yours truly, Shelley Schlender. Our theme music was written and produced by Josh Cutler. Additional music from John Mayer. Visit our website at howonearthradio.org to find past episodes, extended interviews, and you can subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Questions or comments? Call the KGNU comment line at 303-447-9911. For How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show, I'm Shelley Schlender.